the parable of the prodigal son is probably Jesus' most well-known parables. Uh, and one of those parables, one of those stories that just makes us feel nice and cozy, uh, makes us feel nice and good about ourselves, that Jesus uh, talks about the loving forgiveness of the Father and how all are accepted, no matter what we've done, no matter the squandering we do, that we're all accepted and loved by God. And it's a nice cozy feeling and nice thing to think about, but also we miss so much sometimes when we just think about that prodigalness of the, the story uh, and don't actually see the bigger picture of what Jesus is doing in seeing the story of the two sons and sorry of what the other son's response is in this story. And so we're going to read it today and explore this and actually take time to stop and reconsider how we can live and how Jesus is calling us to live. And so let's read in Luke 15. Said then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of this property that we will belong that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and begged to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The end. We don't get the older brother's response to the father. We don't get what he has to say after that. All we have is the father's plea to go. We had to celebrate. 
because this younger son who had squandered, who had done his own thing, who had even got so low as to be with the pigs, which for, for Israelites in those days was a horrendous thing to, to think about, to be living with the pigs. Uh, it was certainly not kosher and certainly not what an Israelite, this was pure shame. This younger son just is not total image of shame. Shame on the family, shame on the individual, shame on the father. Shame, just as an Israelite, as an individual, just utter pure shame. And so Jesus was telling this story to, to a group of Pharisees who uh, was, was responding to how Jesus was hanging out with sinners and how he was hanging out with the lowly life of the town and how they were like, why is he doing this? This is not how we should live. This is not the kind of people that we should be hanging out with. He is just hanging out with sinners. And so Jesus responds with these stories and this climax of the, the, the prodigal son or the, the two sons uh, and really highlighting the emphasis of what the older son does and how he just doesn't really want to be a part of the family, doesn't want to be part of the celebration. And so let's beware. Let's watch out for what is going on here, how God is calling us to live. And let's see, firstly, we see the extreme grace and love and forgiveness of the father. We see how he welcomes the, the younger son, even in his shame, even in the extremeness of what he has done, there's an extremeness in the father's response. There's the images of the father running to his son, which is, which is not a, something that a father in that kind of generation would be doing, wouldn't be seen running. Uh, that was kind of like you wouldn't do that kind of thing with someone of his authority. You see the, the, the father giving the robe and getting the fattened calf and, and just over-accentuating and how much he's just so glad to see his son and welcome him back in and how uh, he, he kills the fattened calf and celebrates. And it, you can even see it in the, in the older son's response. I, I haven't had anything like this. And I've been, this is a rarity for this to happen. And yet this is the response of the father of so much joy and celebration for us to be welcomed into his family, for us to actually come back to him and want that forgiveness and grace, to yearn for his love and forgiveness. And that is our call for us to, to feel his love, to feel his forgiveness, to feel that no matter how much shame we may feel, he, we are always welcomed back into his family, into his arms. And that is the call firstly for us to, to recognize and see we're all welcome with him. But then we also need to take note of the older son. We also need to take note of the response of the, uh, the person who'd been in the, in the family all along, who'd been doing the work, who'd been, maybe you, you've been a Christian for a while and maybe you've just traveled and just kind of kept up doing what you needed to do. And, uh, you know, you're a good Christian. You get everything right uh, by your standards and uh, you, you're getting by. There, there is a, there's a risk that we take just even as Christians, if we've been a Christian for a while, there's a risk we take of letting our position be more important than our relationship. That's a serious risk. How will we respond? The first thing is to recognize God's radical forgiveness. But secondly, we also need to recognize that our response is powerful as well. That there is radical grace, but there's also a radical cost of how we should respond to his grace. Not just respond with a badge of honor, look at me, look at what I am doing, but actually respond with how can I celebrate 
and, and uh, give God glory in all that is going on? How can I treat others the way that God treats others? Now, Timothy Keller has written an amazing book called The Prodigal God, uh, which is an incredible book that kind of outlines this story in even more detail. He, he says that if you think goodness and decency is the way to merit a good life from God, you will be eaten up with anger since life never goes as we wish. And this is the, the challenge that we may face, is that we could use our good merit, our good ethics, our morality as a badge of honour and not actually see what is really going on in our lives. And we need to have moments where we stop and reconsider, am I potentially being the older son? Am I doing the kind of things, thinking that what I have done for God is a badge of honour that deserves me a better life, that deserves prosperity, that deserves getting the right job or getting this or that or, or attaining this special thing? Do I use what I have with God as a badge of honour? Or am I actually letting the relationship be the real ideal, be the most important part of my relationship with God is all actually about the relationship. And so I think we need to actually stop and reconsider our lives. Stop and, and question, where have I been the older son? Where have I taken this relationship for granted? Where have I just assumed that God's going to do something for me? Where have I treated others badly with judgment? How can I let God transform me and change who I am? Because Jesus here is bringing a kingdom value, a value of extreme forgiveness, but a value of the power of our choice, the power of how we can choose to let that forgiveness just be something that we have earned. So let's stop and reconsider today. Let's take that moment to just let God challenge us, and transform how we think, change what we know. Cool. Love you guys.